And we're live with another special episode of Makers Weekly. My name is Dan Parsons and I am your host. This week, I jam with Laura Simpson on her rockin' new product, Side Door, which connects live performers with anyone who owns a space and wants to host a show. So yes, you can host an intimate live event at your apartment or office. In this episode, we talk about the power of communities and fanatic networks. We also discuss how Laura is infusing their company values into the core of their product. So without further ado, let's get this show started. Laura, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I am really stoked to have you on the show. This is a product that I am very much in love with, having grown up a musician. So to give our listeners a little bit of context, do you mind providing an overview of what you're working on with Side Door? Yeah, thanks for having me on here. It's great. And uh, we're really excited to be telling everybody about Side Door. It's a platform where performers can go on and find hosts who have spaces uh, to create shows anytime, anywhere. So, for example, I could throw a show in my apartment or in my office this weekend on the platform if, if there was a local artist that was interested. Is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, we created it so that we're not the gatekeeper. We're not the one who's the barrier to entry. And that was a big thing in our industry. It's just really hard to uh, make shows happen when there's so many gatekeepers in the way. And so, yeah, if you were saying, hey, I've got a space, it looks like this, it's got these kinds of amenities available, you would be matched with an artist who's looking for that in your area. And they might be a touring artist or a local artist, and you could do a show. We've done shows in less than 24 hours, booked, sold out, played, really great shows. Wow, what a great concept. Um, I know you've done some stuff in the past and worked on some projects in the industry, but what inspired you to get involved in working on this specific project? Well, I've worked with artists um, for professionally over the last uh, more than a decade now um, on the industry side. So I'm not an artist myself, but I basically have made it my life's message to, uh, mission to support artists um, in just that I feel like um, they hold a place in society that uh, is usually sort of looked down upon, like, uh, you know, parents saying they don't want their kids to become artists and that sort of thing. And I just the opposite. I'm like, especially as we move towards to more technology um, in society, we definitely need more folks out there like artists who can reflect our humanity and help us keep connected. So um, for me, it's like working with artists, I really began to understand the problem of um, connecting to audiences in real ways and making it about the art as well as just surviving and having a reasonable income. Um, and I knew that these kinds of shows that we're doing where you basically have low overhead, it increases the profit margin, but it also increases the connection that you have with fans. And that's something that my co-founder had also found. So Dan Mangan, my co-founder is a you know world touring artist from Canada and his career was built on doing these kinds of shows, largely in houses, really. And he would meet all the fans after the shows. And, and those people are with him for life. Like, the, they're the longtime fans. And he knows that he can basically um, go anywhere in the world and have great connections when he finds shows like these. So we come at, at it from those perspectives of this major problem for artists, trying to connect in a real way with fans, but also trying to make a good living. So I imagine some of the changes in the music industry as it relates to record distribution and music licensing, 
has kind of impaired the musician as their, you know, core source of revenue. So can you speak about, you know, is the goal here just to help, help artists play more, like play out more and give them easier access to, to live shows? What's like the long-term vision? The long-term vision is really to make it a super normalized thing for for people to say, yeah, let's just go see some live performance. And we don't only work with music. We actually work with, you know, comedians and um, just doing talks and uh, theater and dance and film screenings. And I think the thing is, is that our vision from the audience perspective is really about yeah, accessing art doesn't have to be about, you know, going to a formal setting. It can be just as simple as going around the corner to your friend's place and uh, bringing your kids and seeing some live performance that's really great. And I want to see more communities, you know, not just cities, but it's like rural communities. You can go anywhere with this, really gathering around uh, live art. And from the artist's perspective, it's just so easy to match the artist with the people that are looking for that kind of performance when your bar- your barriers are to entry are just finding a space that holds at least 20 people and has a couple of the amenities that the artist is looking for. You know, we're finding some amazing connections between really underserved communities who are looking for a certain type of art or maybe a certain genre of music that they can't find. And then we're sending the artists to them because they're putting their hands up and saying, I want this kind of thing here we're saying hey artists go over here and we can be the hub for that connection that's powerful um how are you guys seeing this spread i mean across you know the the different geographies because you guys are in is it fairfax canada yeah halifax nova scotia and so far east coast uh in the time zone that most people don't know about um the atlantic time zone and my actually my co-founder is in vancouver so uh, west coast where you are and so we cover actually a lot of ground in Canada. We have hosts now in every single province and a couple of territories um, in Canada. So um, we, we have pretty good coverage in Canada, and we're just starting to really grow in the U.S. as well. Um, we just did our marketing launch um, about a month ago now, and the pop-ups in the U.S. was great. And then my my co-founder is actually touring in the U.S. uh, these couple of months. And so he's waving the flag down there and and we're bringing on some more hosts that way. Um, But we also have hosts in Europe. And the thing is, is that the platform is built so that you could actually do a show anytime, anywhere. But we're really pressing for shows in Canada and the U.S. right now just to make sure that we have the right supports in place um, to make sure that those shows go smoothly and no matter what market you are in. So that brings up a good point as it relates to acquiring hosts um, or artists. You know, it's, you know, this is kind of the chicken before the egg, I guess, issue that a lot of these two-sided marketplaces have. How are you guys thinking about acquiring both the supply and the demand um, in the market? Yeah, so it's really, to be honest, not a challenge to find uh, artists because that's those are the that's the world that um, Dan and I have come from. So in that world, especially with those who are like the quality artists that we want to be supporting, those who are doing it professionally, those who are really like uh, making a go of it. 
they work on trust and word of mouth. And so largely we, we do a lot of traveling. We do a lot of talking. We do a lot of um, communicating um, to that community. And you'd be, you'd be surprised how small that community is globally. Um, so it's been spreading like wildfire. We actually have investors who are artists um, professionally as well. And so it's just one of those things that for the artist side, it's not a thing. We just need to find the right hosts. And so for us, we qualify the host by two things. Really, we're looking for folks who are understanding that this is for the experience rather than the profit. So while we do help the hosts cover their expenses, we're not looking for hosts to come on who are like, I can make some extra cash doing this. That's the broken part of our industry. We're looking to really champion the artist with our platform. And the other... Yeah. And the other thing is that we're really trying to find uh, folks who have, it doesn't really matter what the space is, but we need them to be a host. We need them to take responsibility for that space and be on site so that they can actually receive the artist and the audience as a host would so that you have that experience of like, this is the person who's opening their door to me and the artist, and it becomes a mini community. And in that way, you, you start these amazing neighborhood events or, you know, just like in spaces that you never thought of before, you're gathering around one thing, a live performance that can perpetuate into a sort of community that um, you never thought possible. I mean, we've done it since 2011. And we just invite our neighborhood in every single time and it's been magical. Hmm. What's one of the like cooler, um, you know, cooler shows or experiences that, that you've seen through this, through this concept or on the platform? Oh, definitely. So, uh, we have, um, really close friends, uh, broken social scene from Canada who just, we're in Idaho touring and they basically called us up and they're like, we have a day off. Where can we play? And so we found a space outside of uh, Boise. It was like a goat farm and a skate park and just like, <laughs> just like the kind of um, space, like it was kind of bungalow style, but open concept. And um, the guys rolled in there and I think they had like a tour bus plus a trailer and we basically put it on sale, sold it out. And they did the show the next night and we sent, we found a videographer and we sent them to shoot it. And you can find the video on YouTube. It's really great. And it's just like this sweaty, awesome, like rager of a party that they were able to pull off in less than 24 hours. And there's this great moment when one of the band members just says like, this is how it all started. And this is what it's all about. I'm like, yes, that's, <laughs> that's what this is all about. You know, just that amazing connection. And then just post that like on socials, people saying like this show changed my life. I've loved this. This is what it's supposed to feel like when you go to see live uh, music. And I was like, yes, that's, that's what we're after. That's great. I remember going to basement shows when I was growing up and like thinking that was, you know, some of the best moments of my childhood. Oh yeah. Just getting out and seeing some raw touring band that no one else but me and my friends have heard of. It's in some house, just amps way too loud, you know, just sweating it out. Um so you guys are trying to bring that all back and re-empower that through communities across the nation, which is great. Yeah, and listen, empowerment is such a key word for me because these are not 
side door shows. These are shows that are created with the assistance and the connection on side door, but we really want to empower the hosts to be community curators. Like they are only going to have these kinds of unique experiences that they can understand what their community wants and needs by them taking charge and them feeling pride and them having the tools to do these kinds of things. And and that's a one thing that's lacking in the creative industries and the music industry in particular is exclusivity. You cannot get over this amazing thing of exclusivity. And it's not about like it's exclusive expensive. I'm talking about those unique moments that are formed when you give somebody the access that they can have to see these amazing shows and nobody else is there. And it's all about being there and being in the moment. And I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about the actual iteration and, and development of the product a little bit. So you, you, you came up with this idea. You guys are both very much ingrained in this industry and you recognize this opportunity. Um, and especially you identified the mission now, how did you go to from taking you know all of that from your from your head and and going out to create the actual platform that people are using today? Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So Dan and I didn't know each other before um, we formed this company, um, and he had been doing sort of a, a network that was basically a spreadsheet of folks that he had collected um, to mm. book shows and sort of zero tech and like zero formality. And he was, of course, still doing his artist career. And then I had actually lived in LA for a little bit. And while I was there, I had drawn out like the early wireframe sketches of what I can imagine this to look like. Cause I was booking shows and I was like, why can't we have this just to make this part super simple and really accessible to people. And so I still have those drawings and we kind of created pretty much what I had hoped for, but you know, Dan and I are not technical, right? So first of all, Dan and I had spent a year becoming friends, earning each other's trust and like, figuring yep. stuff out. And then I went to a local accelerator program here and like basically had walked in and was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. And they're like, are you a tech company? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, are you planning to use tech <laughs> for your company? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you're a tech company. <laughs> so, you know, here, are both of us just coming from the creative world, just feeling like just had this purpose and this unshakable like belief that this is the way to solve the problem. And then I would just like go and hang out at the tech hub in, in Halifax and try to like rub elbows with developers and be like, do you want to be my friend? Um, but we basically developed it by like figuring out what pieces from the tech world and the startup world fit with what we wanted to do. And every interview I've had is starts with this is our problem that we're trying to solve. Do you want to try to help us solve this problem? And that's sort of the culture fit first. And then we kind of have brought people in um, for the technical side, customer success side, uh, booking management side, marketing side. That's all built around, you know, how to fix that problem. But, you know, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere out here on the East Coast. So it's taken a lot of outreach, a lot of, you know, flag waving to attract the right talent. But I think we're on a good start. <laughs> and are you trying to build the team there or are you open to a more distributed approach, which is growing in popularity um, in the tech community? What's your, do you have an ethos or a, or a perspective on that? Yeah, I mean, we're here, uh, even though my co-founder is in Vancouver, um, we are all, the rest of us are here and we have worked with 
um, team members um, outside, uh, like people in the U.S. and that sort of thing. And we're definitely not close to that. But I got advice early on to try and do either everyone in one place or distributed just because it kind of messes with the dynamic especially early on when you're trying to create a really great culture. Um, Later on, I think there's definitely positions that we can have as satellite. Um, But just right now, we're focusing on trying to build it from here. And what are some of the tools that you guys are using to understand if the product is working? So what are are you guys thinking? How are you thinking about analytics and um, data visualization or, you know, some of the key metrics that you guys focus on, how are you guys monitoring the the growth of the business? So before January, it was a bit of, you know, just a crapshoot of, of collecting analytics and knowing if we were right or not, because we were, <laughs> we were collecting stuff sort of haphazardly. Um, but then the platform sort of coalesced and and became robust enough that we knew exactly what was going on in terms of behavior for the users. And then we brought on uh, a marketing team in January, just before our marketing launch, to basically set up every single kind of analytics you can think of. So HubSpot, Heap, Google Analytics, uh, what else are we using? Um, we built our own stats uh, within the platform. So we have a whole stats page now that tells us a whole pile of stuff. Um, but the biggest thing is that we really started to just go back to the customers and talk to them. So we have a whole bunch of uh, quantitative analytics and we match it with stories. And so we really put those two things together to say, okay, numbers are telling us this uh, and the stories are telling us this, do they match? Uh, But largely um, we're really trying to understand at this point, like what is the metric? And for us, it's like, okay, before it was how many hosts do we have and is, is that number still growing and are they in the right places? And now it becomes how active are those hosts? How much are they booking and how well are those shows doing? So those are the metrics we're looking at now. So understanding, you know, once you get a host on, what's the retention? Almost like what's the lifetime value of the host? Like how many shows can they produce in a, a year or what have you? Um, and then understanding the success. Is that a, is that a revenue number? Like a successful show? What, what determines that? Yeah, I actually have now a pretty robust understanding of, you know, the kinds of hosts that we have. So we, we have kind of four buckets now one is community um community spaces so like halls libraries that sort of thing um then there's like a public business so that would be like a brewery or um you know a cafe and then there's uh private homes so that actually breaks down into two categories. One is people who have already been doing house shows. And the second is people who have never heard of this or have heard of it and have never done it before. And then finally we have, um, private businesses. So we have like architecture firms who have a really nice space, but it's closed to just the people who work there. So that creates all of these amazing possibilities for public and private shows um, that people create. And then we start looking at the trends of how many shows those kinds of folks are creating and how often. And so um, we have a breakdown now of like, you know, community spaces tend to host like six shows a year. And each of those shows usually brings in, you know, X amount of dollars because they have about, you know, 
75 to 150 capacity. Our, our average ticket price is about $22. So we know that the company's going to earn this. So side door takes 10% of all the ticket revenue after off the net. Um, and so that just allows us to understand, you know, predicting in advance what our potential revenue is. And we've gotten better and better at predicting. And now that we're booking into 2020, late 2020, we could actually see the potential gross revenues down the line for all three parties, us and the artists and the hosts. Yeah. Predictability is, is clutch, especially, you know, in the early stages. So I'm kind of also seeing this being an interesting solution for, for people that own spaces that have always thought about wanting to throw shows, but being able to find the right artists and book that talent, I imagine can be daunting if you've never done that before. So it's also like a turnkey way to go get access to, you know, vetted qualified talent. Is there any restriction on the level of, of experience or talent on the platform? Is there any sort of qualifying requirement? No. So this is something we were really careful about it because who decides that, right? Like who's the one who gets to decide that that's gatekeeping if you do that. But if you let the community, uh, crowdsource, uh, referrals, that becomes more of a distributed, um, you know, selection process. So we had, we basically still collect ratings and reviews from every single show. So every time a guest goes to a show, they're sent an email afterwards saying, telling us, you know, tell us what you thought about the show. And and now we've actually broken it down and we're about to release uh, very soon, uh, more like, would you refer this host? Would you refer this artist? You know, how, how was there a, um, a comment that you want to leave? And sort of breaking that down so that it's, it's not like the Amazon rating and review system, but more like the, you know, like upvotes on Reddit. Like, would you upvote this artist? Would you, you know, so that there's now a sense of the community giving us uh, rating and reviews for the rest of the community. Um, and I can't wait, but we have this really um, great rollout that we're going to do later this year for fans who are the most under like utilized people in this entire ecosystem of the you know the great super fans who are out there going to all the shows why aren't they asked you know who they go see you know why aren't they given the platform to say these are all great uh, artists that i've seen before you know we really want to give those people a voice so that they can communicate their their recommendations on our platform that's a great idea so almost have the the fans bubble up the best talent and then that gives them more visibility once hosts start looking for, for opportunities to throw shows. Really, That's an interesting yeah. concept. Well, and you think about how do people get known these days? It's like, okay, so they have, you know, socials or they are on a media outlet or they're whatever. But how many times you actually decide if you like an artist based on a live performance? Like, where is that metric? That doesn't exist. So I really am interested in doing that because that allows for the artist to do what they do best, just perform a show and have a great experience. And then that great experience gets translated by only the people who were at that experience. I love it. Um, I think we're about out of time, but before we go, um, I'd want to give you an opportunity to plug yourself. Where can people find you? Where can people find and learn more about Side Door online? What's your, uh, you know, where are all your handles and that good stuff? So it's all uh, Side Door Access. So SideDoorAccess.com is our platform. You can go there, um, sign up, no barrier to entry and no cost. 
Um, you can also go and find us on Twitter and Facebook, and that's uh, slash side door access as well. On Instagram, it's side door dot access because whatever reason we couldn't get it we're <laughs> keeping our eye on it if you're out there the struggle is real. Yeah, if you're out there <laughs> handles we're ready to buy soon um and then yeah you can you can just tune in we've had some really great media coverage lately so you can hear dan talk about this and just see other hosts talking about this and artists and that sort of thing so lots of good stuff to dig into that's great laura well thanks so much again for coming on and, and sharing your story um, I think there's a lot of, you know, really inspiring stuff here that hopefully the community can can grab onto. And, you know, we really look forward to tracking you here over the rest of the year and on your progress. Oh, it was such a delight to talk to you. Obviously, I can talk about this forever, but I'm really so happy that you reached out. It was really nice to talk. Oh,